The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. When life hands you a unique shift, what happens next? The gift is the shift. Welcome to The Sky's the Limit with your host, Karen Levitt. In our program, you will hear from people who have discovered the gift, whether through personal experience or those that are helping others through this experience. You'll find the next hour to be a motivating and encouraging one. Now, here is Karen Levitt. Hi, this is Karen Levitt, and welcome to The Sky's the Limit. And this week, I have the pleasure to be joined with the mother and daughter team, Stephanie and her daughter, Brooke Mills, and they are both from Pembroke, New Hampshire. And Brooke is 16 years old now, and she suffered a concussion during her freshman year during a, in a gym class. And her mom is a doctor of chiropractics, and they've come together to join forces around the subject of concussion. So I would like to warmly welcome them both to The Sky's the Limit. Thank Good morning. You so Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. This is, this is very exciting. So, yeah, Brooke. Uh, Brooke I know, you know, you suffered your injury during a gym class and you were a freshman and freshman year can be hard enough and then you have mm-hmm. a concussion, really, and then you have a concussion, right? Yep. So, yeah, I, I can't even imagine. Um, so, so what was that like for you? It was pretty, it was really difficult. I had never participated in any sports, so I wasn't really aware of the risks of getting a concussion. I knew what they were, kind of, and I just mm-hmm. never thought I was that um, I was likely to have one. So I was pretty shocked, and I think my mom was too. Um, and I was just surprised at how long it dragged out. I did the mm-hmm. best I could to get through school when I was able to return through school, and it kind of just felt like it was a race, and I was just trying to get to summer and get done with freshman year. Mm-hmm. So you were in gym class, so can I ask, um, you know, what, what were you doing, you know, to, to sustain a concussion? Of course. I was in my mandatory freshman gym class, and we were playing team handball. Some oh. people know what it is, but some don't. It's like soccer and basketball combined. So you can throw okay. the ball and kick the ball. So mm-hmm. I went to go pick up a ball, and a boy went to go kick the same ball. And mm-hmm. ended up kicking me in the left side of my face. I was knocked unconscious for a couple of seconds, and a kid brought me brought me back and helped me get up and walked me to the bathroom. I was mm-hmm. almost done my freshman year, so it was in March, um, and I couldn't find the nurse's office. And I definitely knew the school, so I think that was my first kind of scary awakening of what was to come. Right, and so because you were in class, if you will, I'm, I'm going to ask, did it, was there a certain concussion protocol? Because it wasn't, no offense, like a team sport, you know, like football, soccer, lacrosse. So did you mm-hmm. follow a concussion protocol or did you not? 
Well, my gym teacher at the time was the head of the football team. He was the coach of the football team and didn't see my me being knocked out on the gym floor for a couple mm-hmm. of seconds. And I actually had to ask him to go to the nurse. Um, oh. I didn't see a lot of help within that class. That was a class that I had to pass in order to graduate. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to go through a lot of hoops and bounds to get that credit. And um, oh. I did follow a little bit of a concussion protocol. There wasn't quite one in place with my school. Um, mm-hmm. I went to my nurse, and I got to talk to a lot of my teachers one-on-one. Good for you. Yeah, that that's what um, I'm doing now, you know, being a nurse and not really being able to practice, I now that I found my voice, because I had a period where I couldn't talk, words weren't coming to me like I had a stroke. So now that I can talk, I'm speaking a lot about the concussion protocol. I serve to be a bridge, so I, I'm really interested to know, you know, what your journey was like um, in the school system, like I said, because you weren't really on a team, you know, a competing team, if you will. And it's interesting to see... Um, you know, that you basically had to be your own advocate in a way. And like you said, you had to ask to go to the nurse. And I'm sure that was pretty eye-opening. I'm amazed you could even say that you wanted to go to the nurse after being knocked out on the gym floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, I, yeah, Stephanie, what I'm just going to ask, what was that like for you? You know, how's her mom, you know, to hear that this happened? What was, what was that like? Oh, I was really shocked to get the phone call from the nurse that Brooke mm. had been injured in gym class and needed to come get picked up at school and so I I picked her up and you know brought her to my office and checked her for misalignments and the things that a chiropractor would do and she said that she was feeling better and her headache went away after I adjusted her so she went back to school and Mm -hmm. I didn't really think much of it because the nurse hadn't filled me in on exactly how bad of a a head impact it was, and I don't think that she knew, and especially since the teacher, the gym teacher, hadn't seen it. I don't think anybody realized just how bad it was. So mm-hmm. she went back to school and then ended up falling asleep in a class, which is not like her at all, and that's mm-hmm. when we realized something was really wrong. And so she mm-hmm. stayed out of school um, for several days after that, just re- resting and, and trying to recover from that impact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, I, I understand. Yeah, so, um, Brooke, was it what was it like being at home? Were you, you know, were you lethargic? Did you feel, you know, what were your symptoms like after that? Were you, were you just tired? Well, I was very tired. Um, it was there was changes in my sleeping pattern. So sometimes I would be very tired, and sometimes I would just really want to get out of my room. But my mom actually took away my phone and my laptop and and no TV and no music and I couldn't even read books and she shut the lights out and mm-hmm. I was pretty much trapped in my room. Um, so I was it was a time to recover and I definitely got that but I could I could tell when getting back into my normal life um, that there were some serious changes. But my symptoms really? included lots of headaches often and I still have headaches. Um, I was really busy at the time, so I couldn't um, stand. I couldn't stand up quickly at all, um, mm-hmm. and that happened for quite a few months afterwards. I would get a lot of hard headaches when I was doing work, 
Um, I still have sensitivity to light. I was very sensitive at the time, and I've gotten a little bit better, but I can definitely see that I'm still sensitive to light. Those are the really yeah. good ones. Did you just feel initially like you were just really irritable? Like it didn't take much to kind of, you know, get under your skin? Because that, that's, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah I, I speak a lot about that, the noise and the light sensitivity, because I, I didn't know. I mean, really, I didn't know myself. I just felt I was irritable. You know, you're just mm-hmm. like this general, like, it, you could look at me anyway and I would go off. And I don't know, did you did you notice that there were any um, changes like that? Because, you know, your family, right? Did they notice yeah. changes? I feel like a lot of my friends could tell personality changes. I don't feel like I, I'm a very caring person overall. Mm-hmm. And I don't feel like I was as caring towards others and I was, I I just wasn't myself, and I kind of didn't know that, but I kind of knew it. Um, I could probably definitely vouch for my family in saying that they mm-hmm. knew something was up and that I had changed a lot. Yeah, so can I, how long were you fasting um, at home? What was from, how long were you out of school? Um, total, I think I was out for about two weeks, and then mm-hmm. through the program with my nurse, um, I went to 45 minutes of my class. We had four periods a day, all mm-hmm. 90 minutes long. And so I would go to just half of every class um, and mm-hmm. kind of get filled in and tell the teachers what's happening and get some homework. And I wasn't doing busy work or um, larger projects. So I had a lot of accommodations, which was very nice. And that went on for, I think, another two weeks. Wow, that well, that's good though. And the fluorescent lights didn't bother you in the classroom, or light definitely bothered me in the classroom. The the class that I fell asleep in that my mom was talking about uh, mm. that was the only time I've ever fell, fallen asleep in class. I promise. Um, <laughs> but that was actually in my English class, and we were watching. Um, I'm pretty sure a film, maybe on Shakespeare or something, and mm-hmm. I I completely. Fell, fallen asleep so um, I definitely can see that projectors will bother me once in a while mm-hmm. um, and fluorescent lighting and just so, some things just get to me mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and you know you're you're lucky because you have like I said you had lots of friends so th- th- that excuse me did that change the dynamic with your friends or like I said you're a very caring person so your friends were probably very attentive to you and did that continue, or did they did they change because they didn't get you? You know, they didn't understand. I think I was pretty busy recovering, and then after I was not busy recovering, I still pretty much was, but I had a lot of work to do and catch up on. Mm-hmm. And I think because I just wasn't myself, I wasn't really wanting to hang out a whole lot with people. So I think I was just kind of distant and not super social during during that time. So I, mm-hmm. um, they came back around, I came back around, and I still have the same friends that have gone through that with me. Oh, that, and, yeah, friends are special. They really do help. They're, like, the greatest blessing in life. And what was what was it like? So I know you said you were busy with schoolwork, so it can be done. You, you, we want to try. I know I tried for myself to even go back to work to do what I could do, and you just find out that you can't. You can't... Um, run or operate at that same speed. So what what was that like for you? Like, you know, you were able to break it down, it sounds like, in segments to get what you, you know, needed done. Can you talk yeah, about that a bit? Yeah, uh, a, 
a lot of it had to go with um, one-on-one, me and my teacher, um, mm-hmm. teacher and I. And so some teachers were very helpful and gave me smaller projects to do, smaller essays, smaller assignments, um, while others really doubted my injury. I was really surprised. Um, one of my math teachers at the time um, didn't really understand how it could still be affecting me months after. He was, mm-hmm. you know, a football coach, and he thinks that he knows what a concussion is and how it's just a little ding, and you go back to everything, and you'll be fine soon, and just really didn't uh. understand that and didn't help me make accommodations. So right. um, sometimes it was easier than others, and I just tried my best. No, and good for you, you know, and here we go, we speak to the whole topic, right, because the inv- the injury is invisible, so it's interesting that, you know, no blame ever is, a sa- is I don't ever want to blame anybody, you know, like your football coach, he was mm-hmm. your teacher, and yet, because he's surrounded with athletes who are prone to this, and, and he knows really well, um, yeah, that he, he was really quick to dismiss, I find that really interesting, yeah. And like I said, because the injury is largely invisible, so you, we have this battle inside of ourselves that there's a giant disconnect, and it can be very frustrating. Did you find mm-hmm. that it was very frustrating for you? I found it extremely frustrating, and I find it only has gotten kind of more frustrating going into sophomore year, so just a couple months after my concussion. <laughs> I saw a lot of my symptoms come back up, and I was still having such a hard time in school. I really uh, kind of struggled through um, sophomore year, but thankfully I came out alive, and some days are really frustrating, um, while some I feel like I improve a lot. Oh, well, that, yeah, no, it's, it's quite a long road. I. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you on this journey. I really am, and um, like I said, a large part is people don't get it because they can't see it. You know, mm-hmm. so it's very frustrating. And to try to make someone even to paint a picture for them so that they even have a, a glimpse, a peek into your world is can be very daunting. And it's just, like you said, exhausting. And it's oftentimes when I would try to even share a glimpse into my world, you know, I was done. <laughs> it was just it was just done. So I don't know. Yeah. And I'm sure it's got to be like that, got to be worse in high school, right? I mean, I can't even imagine in high school with all with all the noise in the hallway and the lockers and the kids and the this and the that and the phones. And I don't know if you rode a school bus, but oh, I, I don't know. I give you credit because I couldn't do it. Um, what kind of treatments did you receive once you, you know, were diagnosed with your concussion? Well, right after I was diagnosed with my concussion, I started the protocol and kind of... Um, got my way back into school. I was a competitive dancer, and I soon realized that I wasn't going to be able to dance, and I still haven't been able to two years later. Um, oh. Over over the summer, I just tried to relax and, and get back into the flow of things and recover a little bit. So I mm-hmm. was really fortunate to be able to go to, to Georgia and mm-hmm. visit the Carrick Brain Center. Um, and there they were able to kind of diagnose more problems than anybody ever could have. 
they tracked my eyes on a video camera and had me follow a dot. So they found out that one of my eyes was really lacking and slow mm-hmm. and that my eyes were constantly dilating when they really shouldn't be. So they gave me a lot of exercises and how to help with my dizziness and whatnot. So I was mm-hmm. working to be able to do that twice um, for two weeks. And then I came back home and a little... Not too long ago, actually, um, I started um, in the hyperbaric oxygen tank. And some people probably know what that is, but I was pretty much put in a bubble. And Mm -hmm. they put um, higher levels of oxygen in that bubble with me to um, try to strengthen my brain. And, um, I'm sorry, how long did you... Did you have the hyperbaric treatment? Because I, I heard that it's very beneficial for, for brain injury and concussion. So how long was your treatment for that? I only did that about three times. I had a really hard time with my ears because um, uh, they have to adjust to the pressure, and it was, it was a lot of pressure. Oh, well. But did you, did you find um, overall relief once you got adjusted to the pressure? It In, definitely you know, um, helped my headaches for a little while after I was done the treatment. So yes, I bet it was pretty be- beneficial if I had kept oh, with the treatment. That's wonderful. I'm I'm really happy to hear that because, like I said, I was hoping to be able to talk um, on the air about the effectiveness of hyperbaric, and I'm I'm really grateful that you that you've done that. It looks like we're coming up on a quick break, so I'm going to ask you and your mom and the listeners to stay with us, and we'll be back in just a moment. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work-life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. When you see someone, are you seeing the person or the perception? We see labels such as fat, thin, black, white, rich, poor, but we don't always see the true identity. Listen for New Dimensions with Reverend Nicholas Barrett. On this program, we'll embrace the breaking down of societal paradigms, our norms, and acceptance of our false selves. You can find your identity the way that God intended. Forget all the labels that you think you see. Tune in every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Empowerment. Tune in to The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life. Learn about what isn't being said in business that keeps you stuck, under-recognized, and overlooked. Listen in on the exciting, sometimes awkward, and often sensitive subjects that aren't covered during the 9 to 5. What should be? Transform from being stuck to being sought after with Lori's proven concepts. Revolutionize the way you work and up-level your professional presence with the expert in professionalism, Lori Moss. 
The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. Can be heard every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag the gift is the shift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, this is Karen Levitt, and welcome back to The Sky's the Limit. And my special guests this week are Brooke and Stephanie Mills. And we're talking with Brooke right now about uh, the concussion she acquired in a gym class and her journey. So when we left off, we were discussing the hyperbaric chamber and um, its benefits. So, yeah, Brooke, what, what else um, along with the hyperbaric chamber did you, did you do for treatment? So that was pretty much it. Um, a lot of my recovery pretty much happened um, when I wasn't too busy and when I could take a breath and have summer to relax and not mm-hmm. to strain myself. Exactly. I know that's hard, right? And especially being a teenager, you want to be out and about and with your friends and you mm-hmm. said you were, yeah, you said you were a competitive dancer. So I can't imagine, well, I can't imagine I, I was not a competitive dancer, but it's hard to lose something that, you know, to lose the ability to do something you're really passionate about. So what was that? That was, it was pretty hard. I went to a couple of dance classes and my mom just kept kind of making me, I think she was just hoping that I would be able to one day go back to dance class and just not think anything of it. Um, Mm -hmm. So I kept going and I found I was so dizzy. I couldn't turn, I couldn't jump and heat affects me a lot. It gives me headaches. So when I got my body temperature up by moving so much, it gave me headaches then too. And I was extra dizzy and it just was a hot mess. So I think we finally gave up on that. But I was really excited when I got to find my love of singing. So I've been able to take a lot of singing lessons. And my concussion has definitely affected some aspects of singing. But I've Mm -hmm. been in the choir since sixth grade, um, and now I'm a senior. So I definitely found a new passion, which is really, I'm really Mm -hmm. thankful for. Yeah, that's beautiful because, you know, I I talk about on the show often, the gift is a shift. That's my tagline. And so I think sometimes when we have um, an experience or an episode or whatever, and it seems like our world's maybe been turned upside down or there's a period of um, darkness or disconnect, oftentimes um, there can be a gift. And I think that's what you just shared. You, You looked inside yourself and you found another another passion that was just waiting to be em- waiting to emerge which is singing and I love that so you, you are such an inspiration you know I, I'm really I'm honored to have you here and I kind of want to talk to your mom as well because you know when somebody has an injury whether it you know whatever it is and there's concussion it, it doesn't just affect no offense that the you know the athlete or the the student so I want to ask um, Stephanie what was it like for your family going through this it was frustrating and it was scary because 
we lost the Brooke that we knew. Mm-hmm. And to see her struggling so much, both in school and with her memory, just in day-to-day life and mm-hmm. not knowing when it would get better, it, that was scary. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it was time-consuming for our family as well because mm-hmm. it, we took time off from work to travel to Georgia twice for those treatments and just uh, the extra that we needed to put towards her in her healing process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It took a lot of yeah. focus. Yeah, like I said, the, you know, the ripples in the pond, if you will, you know, they affect everybody, and it, it it's hard. I mean, yeah, it affects everybody, and you say, oh, well, you know, I have an injury, I have a concussion, or whatever it is, and people say, oh, and then, but like I said, it, it affects everybody, because the whole dynamic's off, right? Because I don't know, I, mm-hmm. I couldn't watch a movie, I don't know if, if you could watch a movie, Brooke, with your family, you know, and, and join in. It was too much. I don't know, Stephanie, if you noticed any of that with the noise and the light sensitivity. And I don't know if you had any food changes, but I, I had food changes, appetite changes, and just the sleep pattern. And it just get, it just gets to be too much. It's, like you said, you, you lose a, a part of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even still today, when we want to go watch a movie in the movie theater, Brooke's like, no, I'll pass. You guys can go without me because it's still that movie theater experience bothers her. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, 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 I have, yeah, I understand. I have yet to be able to go. I walk into a grocery store with earplugs and I don't tell people now, but yeah, it's, it's daunting. It, I, I feel often like my world is, um, a merry-go-round. Sometimes it slows down and sometimes it speeds up, but I just don't know where the control panel is. It's very frustrating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, this, I mean, this is really great to have you both here because you can bring the whole perspective to the listeners and you know oftentimes you only hear like you said of the the person who's the the um, patient or the survivor right and you don't hear about the greater impact and this is this is so beautiful that you guys are both both here and you're such a team I mean because Stephanie you you went on once once Brooke was injured you know you you um as you how you put it you were taken back I'll say by the medical community and uh, you may want to take it from there and then then you stopped up so um oh because they they didn't really seem to understand did they no it it was really shocking uh to be put in that medical realm i would call it because we as a family function in a much more holistic way so Mm -hmm. we don't typically go to the doctor's office um but take care of our our issues at home and so she was required to go to the family physician for really documentation purposes for the school and to see how little they were able to offer in the way of healing or hope. It was mm-hmm. at first, oh, she'll be better in seven to 10 days. And then mm-hmm. when two weeks went by, it was like, oh, well, you're getting better just a couple more weeks. And then a couple more weeks went by and that visit became a, well, you need to weigh the consequences of missing school and not just jumping back into life with Mm -hmm. continuing to rest. And so she was put back into school full time before she was ready, in my opinion, before Mm -hmm. she was physically and mentally ready. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was the first time I I looked at the system and went, whoa, they just don't. Mm -hmm. They don't get it. Right. Um, and so we, we bowed out of the medical system for a couple months there and just 
wrote it out on her own. And then six months in, she was struggling still. And so we went to the local expert in our town on mm-hmm. concussions and were, she was offered four different prescription medications. Mm-hmm. One was uh, an ADHD medication mm-hmm. for attention. One was a painkiller for the headaches. Mm-hmm. One was um, an experimental Alzheimer's drug, which was apparently supposed to help with memory. Okay. And then she was also offered um, an antidepressant and anti-anxiety drug. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. all in the course of, of maybe... 10 to 15 minute exam and meeting her for the first time. And so it was just upsetting to me how quickly they would throw drugs at a young teenager who was struggling with a very real injury. Yet Mm -hmm. none of those drugs were going to help heal the injury. Exactly. And, and, you know, they all have side effects. So it oftentimes the side effects become much more um, prevalent than the actual benefit. Mm-hmm. what you're saying because my body rejects medicine because of the tearing in my brain um, and people say oh that's too bad well it, it isn't because it just highlights how well we're made you know my my wiring inside of my brain it's got to be rewired so when they give me something uh, whatever it is thing, my body rejects it and it, it's violent and I went to um, an eastern medicine protocol and I don't know if you tried acupuncture, but so yeah, I tried the realm of acupuncture and a clean diet, basically of no gluten. I don't know. Have you tried that at all, Stephanie? Eliminating uh, inflammation, inflama- inflammatory foods. May I ask? Yes. First, yeah. it's completely gluten free. Yeah, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, during this time, and like I said, Stephanie, you know, you're you're. Um, kind of have an edge up on most parents because you're a chiropractor, which is a blessing. Um, you know, like I said, you spoke, you began speaking out out against or for, I should say, concussion. You became an advocate, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you you uh, traveled and speak about concussion awareness, and you spoke to the Texas legislature. So, uh, regarding education, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. I spent. Well, the better part of a year traveling around the country talking about concussion awareness to make teachers and students and just general community members aware of what a concussion is and what the symptoms are and how important baseline testing can be. And that's what I was doing in Texas, was speaking to the Texas legislature about um, their testing for students um, mm-hmm. and clearance to return back to Sports and making sure that the proper protocols are followed when an athlete, a student athlete, has been injured and that they are cleared back to sports. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm right on board with you because, like I said, that's what, when I speak to groups, that's what I speak to. I, um, you know, it's hard. You have a, a, you know, a student, middle school, high school, college, and then they have an injury, and it's hard enough to figure out what's going on and then to make sense of it all in the world of like symptoms and do I go back or don't I go back? Cause there's a lot of pressure to get back to, to life. And I, um, I talk a lot about my journey because as a, a nurse, I, 
18 to 20 years experience, clinical experience, and I began to dismiss my own symptoms. And they all equaled a very, well, not pretty picture. So I really commend you for speaking up because, like I said, I I serve to be a bridge between the concussion protocol and parents and teachers. I want to help, you know, share the share the light and the awareness on this whole topic because it's too often that we go, oh, it's a concussion, you'll get over it or deal with it, you know? Or mm-hmm. why aren't you better? Why aren't you better yet? Because people think it goes away in like seven to ten days and, you know, that's the thing, Brooke. So what was it like for you? Because, you know, your junior year, two years later, you still have symptoms, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, what was that like for you? You know, you're going into junior year and you were told, oh, you should be, you'll be better, which is great. But yet, here it is. It's still looking at you in the mirror. You're still living with it. What was that well, like for you? Um, like I said, there were some teachers who didn't um, really believe how I could have any problems still. There were definitely those students like that, too. Most of mm-hmm. them probably played a sport and had been told concussions are no big deal. Um, mm-hmm. But after the summer came along and I was going into sophomore year and I could definitely tell there were still problems mm-hmm. and we all kind of knew that I was still just not the same, I started to kind of live with the fact that it might stay like that. And um, once I went to the Carrick Brain Center, I was kind of introduced to doctors who have worked with patients that are going on their, like, eight-year anniversary and Mm -hmm. have been struggling for a long time and how I'm pretty lucky in that um, my my problems aren't completely making me incapable of of life. So um, Mm. that kind of brought my spirits up and I've just realized that I am pretty lucky and I've turned my story around to hopefully help other people. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't don't view it as a bad thing anymore and I feel like I will get better one day. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I want to go back if we can, because, you know, when you when you realize some of the symptoms were back, can we talk about that a little bit? Just, like, can I ask what they were, you know, because I just want to share this so people have a greater insight. Well, the symptoms when I first had my concussion were headaches, dizziness, sensitivity to light, um, mood swings, personality changes, um, and word recall... And I still suffer from a bunch of those. Word recall still is present. Headaches. I'm pretty sensitive to light still. Um, definitely in school with projectors. And I also have a really hard time driving at night when the headlights are coming towards me. Thankfully, I didn't have too much sensitivity to sound. I don't. I don't know why, but that part of my brain was not affected. So I'm pretty thankful for that. <laughs> that that is a good thing because yeah, the two of them together is, cannot be. It's not pretty. But um, you know, did did this? Did you get a little depressed and down when when you realized like the symptoms were back? Um, I think I did a little bit. They were still present over the summer once in a while. Um, I, I wasn't just always in my bed. Um, but I, I started to get discouraged from, like, day three when I realized I wasn't getting better. And then doctors keep telling me that maybe you'll get better. And then it suddenly turns to, you're going to have to deal with this for the rest of your life. So I I quickly got pretty down. And thankfully, my parents and my family were really really positive and brought me the positive and helped me through all the tough 
stuff. That's awesome. And, you know, so I was just going to ask, what, what kept you inspired? I mean, you have a great family, strong family, and your friends. So what, what else kept you inspired, kept you going? I guess my goals for the future really kept me pretty driven and grounded because I still knew what I wanted to do, and I had to find a way to get there. So, mm-hmm. yes, I... I took the, like, candy lane, big, long way to get there, but I've mastered ways on how to reteach myself things and to help me memorize things. And it it might take me a lot longer than other kids or than it used to before. So Mm -hmm. I think just being able to reach my goals still was a really big motivation. I, I love that. I love that you, you know, still had the inner fire, you know, to, to see this through and you were, you were determined. I love that. And, you know, the kids in school, were they, were they nice to you? Did they, did, were they, were they mostly understanding? Are they, are they mostly understanding? Or are they some that just don't understand like we talked about earlier? Is it getting better? I, I feel like for the first month I had the, I had the worst and the best. So some kids were super supportive and told me about their concussions or or somebody that they knew. And so I had a lot of that, but I still had a lot of people that were really down on me and didn't thought I was babying it and just didn't want to go to school. Mm-hmm. But then the time that it was most present, after I got back from Carrick, mm-hmm. they had um, done a lot of work with my eyes because they found that was a big big place that I was lacking and mm-hmm. not where I should be so there were a lot of stress on my eyes and I was wearing sunglasses when I was down there constantly mm-hmm. and when I got back to New Hampshire I still had extreme sensitivity to light nothing like when it was right after my concussion or now it was extreme so I had to wear sunglasses in school and that was for about a week and that's where I definitely saw a lot of it. There are a lot of comments made and table things. So I, I got through it, though, thankfully. Yeah. So Looks like we're going to come up on a quick break. So I'm going to ask you to stay with us as well as the listeners. And we'll uh, be back momentarily. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Life is a journey which never gets easier. As we go through life, we just handle things better as we get to know ourselves. Listen for the Mental Sherpa by Theta Spring. Host Alexandra Janelli believes that each of us are pre-programmed with all the answers and tools we need to move through any situation life throws at us. It's discovering those tools and answers that will set us on the right path to enjoying and navigating life. Listen every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Do you feel alone trying to conquer life's challenges? Do you feel that there's sometimes nowhere to turn and nobody really understands? Remember, you are not alone. Every week, host April Joy Ford, who has faced adversity as a constant in her life, helps you rise above life's challenges with your own blueprint meant to discover the powerful you. 
April's challenges have included childhood sexual abuse, becoming a widow and single parent at 32, and other such curveballs. She'll help you get empowered holistically every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. We go through all kinds of challenges in life. How we deal with them is a different story. If we carry them on our shoulders, we can experience health problems, relationship issues, and other negative aspects these challenges can pose. Jeanette Abney's Precious Predicaments is here to help you pick up and sort out the pieces through education and encouragement. You don't have to live in fear and pain. Let's find solutions together. Precious Predicaments is heard live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to The Sky's the Limit with Karen Levitt. If you have a comment or question about the show, we encourage you to send an email to the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. That's the sky's the limit show at gmail.com. And remember to use the hashtag the gift is the shift all over social media and encourage others to discover the program. Now, back to Karen Levitt. Hi, this is Karen Levitt. Welcome back to The Sky's the Limit with my guest, Stephanie and Brooke Mills. And I just want to go back, Brooke. Um, like I said, your story is so inspirational, and I'm, you're such a bright to, to be aligned with you, to have you on the show. So you're in your senior year of high school, and that's great. You've done so much since you, you know, had the concussion in gym class. So since that time, you've gone on, and you have created with your mom Beauties for Bowling, uh, for brain injury, a fundraiser. Can we talk a little bit about that as well? Yes. Well, we started this fundraiser. Um, I got involved shortly with the Brain Injury Association of New Hampshire, and mm-hmm. I've been an ambassador with them. So I've been able to tour schools in the state of New Hampshire and give lectures on my concussion, my stories, and how baseline is important and mm-hmm. whatnot. So. Um, we wanted to be able to help them, so we started this fundraiser at our local bowling alley, and we have teams come and bowl, and there's prizes for people who do the best and the worst. Um, my best friend actually won the worst award <laughs> for the worst. <laughs> Sorry, that, that's funny. Sorry. <laughs> my mom can talk a little bit more about it, but it's a lot, a lot of oh, fun, sure. and we've raised how much, Mom? We've raised over $2,000 with the Bowling for Brain Injury. That's wonderful. Really, that is totally wonderful. And is it an annual event that you do now? Is it? Is it once yes. a year? Nice. And I know, Brooke, you've, you've actually created a blog around mm-hmm. your whole experience, right? It's called LessonTheImpact.org. Can we, can we talk about that? And, you know, I know your whole journey has probably inspired you, but what really led you to step up to do this? You know, because, like I said, you've worked so hard to maintain grades in school and life, you know, and you're, you're doing all this great work. Can we talk about your blog? I would love to. That's also my organization. Lesson the Impact is my organization. And um, Finding My Way is my blog. Okay. Um, Finding My Way happened first. I wanted to be able to help others. That was 
one of the biggest things that I wanted out of this concussion. Um, mm-hmm. I wasn't going to get better. Maybe I could help other people who didn't have as a loving and supportive family that I did so that I could support them. So mm-hmm. I started the blog and I told funny stories about how bad my memory is, um, or my sensitivity to the light, some statistics on, um, on concussions, a lot of things about the NFL because they're very present in the <clears throat> brain injury world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I created Lessen the Impact with the help of my mom. Um, okay. We wanted to be able to help a little bit more, and I thought this was pretty much the perfect way. Okay, so LessenTheImpact.org is, your, is a nonprofit, is that right? Yes, it is a nonprofit organization that Brooke is speaking around right now the state of New Hampshire, uh-huh. uh, doing her own concussion awareness campaign within the middle schools and high schools. Mm-hmm. But she's also uh, linked her blog there as well. Uh-huh. And one of the big things that she was able to accomplish this year was the New Hampshire Concussion Awareness Day, which she founded with Governor Maggie Hassan mm-hmm. through her Lessen the Impact organization. Nice. And what um, day of the year is that on? Do you know? Last year, it was on November 10th. And then this year, we're looking to have a National Concussion Awareness Day, but the date hasn't been determined yet for 2016. Oh, that, that's very exciting. It really is. I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that. That's great news to my ears because it's, it's, well, long overdue. And I'm glad to see the NFL, like you said, is stepping up. So it'll be nice. It's a national, national day. Yeah. And um, so I just want to go back. So Brooke, this is um, you talked about goals and stuff. So what what are some of your short term goals now going forward? Because you've been able to turn this you know, event in your So short-term and long-term goals for you? Well, short-term, I, going to freshman year, my mom helped me plan so that if I wanted to graduate high school early, I could. And I decided last week that I will be graduating this year. So I'm a senior, and because I didn't start the whole applications and applying to colleges, I will be taking my first year at NHTI and hopefully transfer into a university in New York, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. I'm competing in the Miss America organization, so I will continue competing and hopefully one day be Miss New Hampshire or Miss America. And then I would like to be a chiropractor like my mom. Oh, that's beautiful. So has, um, like I said, the experience that you, you know, in the gym class, has that changed your goals? You know, did you always... No offense, you know, want to follow in the footsteps and be a chiropractor, or did this sort of give you a, a different perspective? Well, as a kid, I can tell you that if anybody asked me if I was going to grow up and be like my mom, I said no. But <laughs> that has definitely changed uh, in the last couple of years, and I mm-hmm. think um, having this holistic view on my concussion has definitely emphasized that goal. Mm-hmm. And, but not a, lo- not a lot of my goals have changed. I think a big point in recovering was to be able to reach the same goals. Oh, that That's beautiful. I love that. So, you, you, you know, you're still resilient. You're still committed to what you 
always wanted to do. You know, you still mm-hmm. got that determination and inner drive. You know, so, you know, like I said, what happened in gym class didn't really stop you from your from the plan. You know what your soul wants to do, and yet you found a way to shed light and to help others. And I think that's amazing. It's beautiful, especially as a teenager. You don't hear a lot of it, you know? Mm-hmm. What would you say, or to some of the listeners, if there's any teen, any teenagers, any family members out there who maybe know someone who has a concussion or, you know, what, what would you what would you like to share with them? Not to give up, to keep going and that you'll get better. There'll be changes. And I feel like everybody gets better. I was able to talk to Kevin Pierce and he is a snowboarder. He was actually better than Sean White. And then he suffered a traumatic brain injury. Mm-hmm. Um, a traumatic brain injury is one year in the hospital for a long time in a coma with elective tubes and it's a very big brain injury. Um, right. And he has actually gone back on his snowboard and he still continues to see improvements every day. So mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. would say that there's always going to be better days and not so good days and to keep trying and to not give up. Hey, do, do you have any you know, tidbits to share with family members or patients who have concussions? Because, you know, you you were right there with Brooke in the whole, during the whole walk. Absolutely. I think that Brooke really touched on something important, which is not to give up hope. So mm-hmm. many of the professionals in the medical community tell you that as much as you're able to gain back in the 12 months after your injury, that's all you're ever going to get back that's as, as good as you're going to be and we heard that multiple times and mm-hmm. I I say disregard that because that that prognosis doesn't serve you and mm-hmm. to talk and connect with other brain injury survivors if not just to have that hope that you do continue to get better past that one year mark and that at the three year mark and the five year mark that there is continued healing because that's something that we have heard from everyone that we've talked to that had a concussion or a severe concussion or some sort of severe brain injury was that mm-hmm. healing does continue. And so to keep hope in that. Yeah, I get that. And did you, did you find support groups helpful at all? We didn't have any support groups. You didn't? No, but the, Brain Injury Association of New Hampshire was was wonderful to us, and they helped guide Brooke on her journey to Mm -hmm. spread awareness among other teenagers. So we had lots of support, but there was no formal support group. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I found uh, support groups a little bit daunting at first. It's like you feel like you don't fit in, but but they are very beneficial. So I wondered if, in fact, you you had gone that route, you know, and if you had. Uh, But I, I do understand, yeah. They, they can be few and far between, and they're once a month, and they're great, but uh, it's the times in between that can be hard, as you know, mm-hmm. when, you, when you don't have that support. So, um, yeah, and it looks like, you know, we're, we're going to come up to close on the program, so I always like to ask um, if there's one takeaway that you'd both like to share with the listeners from the conversation today. As a parent, I would encourage 
everyone listening to have a baseline test for themselves and for their children because brain injuries don't discriminate. It could happen to anyone at any point, any age. So Mm -hmm. to have a baseline of what your brain function is before an injury happens can be really helpful in that recovery process. Mm -hmm. And what I'm hearing also, Stephanie, is you, you know, ask questions, right? Don't uh, just take, I suppose, you know, what they write on a prescription pad at, at face value and just run with it. You're, Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, yeah, just always, I guess, do a little bit of homework, right? Ask questions. Do your I, homework, I ask questions, talk to other people and know that there are many ways to treat your body and, with any injury. But particularly with a brain injury, you can go one of many roads or you can take them all and try it all. But make sure that it fits with what you want to accomplish. Sometimes. Oftentimes we don't we don't ask, you know, it's the um, 15 or 20 minute appointment and it's in, out and thank you. And then, yeah, we don't always ask. So I really, I really love that you're encouraging as a parent and as a practitioner uh, to advocate for people to speak up. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we know our bodies best, right? Absolutely. And not only advocating for the type of care you get, but to advocate for your child or in Brooke's case, to advocate for yourself for Mm -hmm. accommodations and for what you need to continue to be successful in life, which I advocated for her at school, but she really advocated for herself with her teachers and her administrators. And so I think that's an, an important takeaway as well. Absolutely. absolutely. Like I said, absolutely. It's, Brooke, you're, you're a shining example in, in the face of this. And so, yeah, I, and I really want to commend you. You, you just, I'm, I'm honored, like I said, to share the road with you, I guess, to recovery, right? Thank you. And um, you, you're welcome. It, it's, it's not easy and it's not, uh, it's not, which, so I, I love that you, uh, you shine so bright and you stay strong and you just, you, you just show us all how we can all be. And, um, you know, how can the listeners reach you? I want to share your contact information. You can reach me close. through the website, lessontheimpact.org, um, or you can read my blog on there or um, at findingmyway.blogspot. Okay. Okay. And, okay, so once again, it's lessontheimpact.org. And yep. your blog is? Blogspot. Mm-hmm. It's uh, Finding My Way at Blogspot. Finding My Way. Okay. Thank you so much. And I can't believe the time has flown by as quickly as it uh, as it did. So I want to really thank you both. It's been a thank privilege. You. Absolutely. Thank I you. Thank the listeners. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us for The Sky's the Limit. Karen Levitt looks forward to having you tune in for another program next Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, the gift is the shift. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 